Now, um, today, the theme today is, is actually um, the name of, uh, of a television programme, but I've realised when I did a bit of research into this that I'm going to have to explain this to the younger people. Because it's a television programme called This Is Your Life. But you've never seen it, have you? Have you ever seen a programme called This Is Your Life? Well, um, the reason you won't have heard it is the last programme was broadcast in 2007, which is before all of the young people here were born. Uh, and, um, and the last... Does anyone know who the last ever guest was on that programme? No? Sorry? Uh, no, it, it originally, yeah, for the older people, the original ones were, were compared by Eamon Andrews, an Irishman, and then, then Michael Aspel... Uh, did a whole series, and the very last one was compared by Trevor MacDonald, the newsreader, and his very last guest, I think the children will have heard of, was a man called Simon Cowell. You've heard of him? Um, yep, yeah? okay. This is a generation gap thing here, isn't it? Anyway, what happened in this programme is that it was all about a particular famous person and then one day, uh, they would, the television cameras would all be there hiding, and somebody, whoever was the presenter, would come in, and they would say, Peter, this is your life! There we go. And he'd open up a book. Actually, Eamon Andrews would say, this is your life. With a your life. Um, opened up a book and said, Peter, we have everything about you in this book, and we're just about to broadcast on television all about your life. And, and you're lucky that you're the Peter that I chose today. <laughs> and actually, it is a different Peter. Actually, Karen, Peter, also known as Simon Peter, and so you probably guessed who my Bible hero is Simon Peter. Peter, the, one of the disciples of Jesus, and we're going to have a quick look through his life today. But, although it's about Peter, and it could be about this Peter, it could be about that Peter, Peter's thinking, phew, he didn't choose me. Um, but the person was always surprised. But actually, this story of Peter could be the story about all of us. Okay, so when we're thinking about the story of Peter, I'd like you to think how maybe your life has had bits in, in it like, like Peter uh, as we go through. So, the first page in the book, This Is Your Life, about Peter, is when, Peter, you were called to follow Jesus. Now, in order to find out about this story, I think we need to read from the Bible. So, I'd like somebody to look up Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, and then come and read it to us. If anyone like to do that, there are about three or four readings, if anyone... Anyone? I know, I know uh, Paul's very kindly offered to, to read this one, so... Paul, let's, let's find out about how Peter was called by Jesus to follow him. This is Luke 5, 1 to 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Thank you very much, Paul. And um, so that story about the first part of Peter's life that we ever hear about in the Bible is when Jesus called Peter to follow him. So I'd like you just to think for a moment, has Jesus called you to follow him? Some of you might be able to think of a time, a long, long time ago, people that can remember, this is your life, programmes, might be able to remember that a long time ago, Jesus uh, called you to follow him. And, and children, maybe you are following him. I think, uh, I think some of you are already. And maybe some people haven't yet heard that call. But the most important thing about Peter's life is that he heard the call, he saw what Jesus did with his fishing nets, and he followed Jesus for the rest of his life. Okay, let's have a look at the next, uh, at the next bit. Um, can anyone see what is happening here in this picture? What do you think is, is happening? What do you think, Josh? They're walking away. And who's in the middle, do you think? They're kind of... Well, look at the little caption. It might tell you. They're being sent out, aren't they? They're not just walking away from Jesus, but that in the middle. That's Jesus. Uh, the pictures are slightly different, so Jesus and Peter might look different in some of the pictures. But Jesus is sending out his disciples into all the world, or into all of the area around, uh, around where they lived in, in Galilee. So uh, Peter was one of those disciples, and one day, we read about this in Matthew 10. We're not going to read all of the readings, because it will take too long. Uh, but when Peter decided to follow Jesus, that Jesus sent him out and he sent all the disciples out to go and tell other people. So when we're called to follow Jesus, we're not just meant to sit at home and think, oh, I like following Jesus. We're actually meant to follow him in the world and get sent out to do one thing or another. And that will be different for every person here, what he calls us to do, what he sends us to do. Okay. Let's see what happens in the next instalment in Peter's life. Um, this is your life, Peter. Uh, one of Peter's biggest challenges. Well, one of his early challenges. Jesus went out on the boat one night. Do you remember this, Peter? And uh, it was stormy. And uh, you were in the boat. And, and Jesus came walking across the water. 
and you were in the boat and Jesus said to you, come on Peter, follow me, you can do it as well. And first of all, you thought, yes, okay, and you stepped out onto the water and it was all going very well until it felt a bit windy and then you started to panic, Peter, and you started sinking into the water. Do you remember that? Sinking down and then Jesus put his hand out and said, just have faith, and he pulled him along and Jesus, Peter, walked on the water uh, and Jesus helped him to do that. Something that was impossible to do on your own, isn't it? But actually, with Jesus' help, Peter did something quite impossible. Okay, so what about you? Have you been called to do something which was really quite challenging? Just think about that in your life. Maybe you've had to stand up and speak in front of people, or stand up and do a song, or act in front of a stage. And Peter, uh, uh, maybe you're an actor. Maybe you've been called to do something that was quite, quite tricky and took a lot of faith. Can you think of something? You don't have to tell me now. All think about that in your life. Have you had to do something which was quite scary and you had to trust Jesus? Has anyone got a story that they'd like to tell of some, a short story? Sometime when you had to trust Jesus and it was all rather scary, but it worked out okay. Nope. Have a think about it. You might want to tell me a little bit later. Okay. You hear less of my voice then. Okay, please be seated. Following Jesus is a step of faith. Some, some little steps and some big steps of faith, depending on what Jesus asks you to do. So let's, uh, let's see how Peter's life, Peter, in your life, do you remember that eureka moment? That moment when suddenly you realised who Jesus was. Suddenly, uh, Jesus said, uh, who do people say I am? And people said, oh, you're a prophet, you're, you know, you're a good man, you're a teacher, you're a rabbi, you're Elijah, come back. And Jesus said to you, Peter, who do you say that I am? And you remember, Peter, you leapt out and you said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to you, Peter, uh, do you know, it wasn't you that recognised that. That is the Spirit of God working in you that has revealed who I am. So there's that moment in your life, maybe you can think of a moment in your life, when you had a revelation. Suddenly, it all made sense. And you began to understand just who Jesus is. And uh, I see one or two people nodding. Actually, really important time in our lives when we really understand who Jesus is. And then straight after that, Peter, do you remember that time when you had the mountaintop experience? That Jesus took you up to the top of the mountain, just you and James and John, and you went to the top of the mountain and then you saw Jesus glowing in white clothes, in bright light, and there was Elijah and Moses that appeared with him. Do you remember that? Maybe you've had one of those mountaintop experiences. It may have been an actual mountain. Who's been to the top of a mountain? Yeah? And when you, look, when you get to the top, when you look down at all the wonderful scenery, except if you go up Mount Snowden, which I've been up two or three times and never seen a thing. But actually, sometimes when you get to the top of a mountain and you can look down and see all the wonderful things of creation, maybe you've had one of those experiences in your life, a really 
high moment. Perhaps you can think about that just now. Peter, that was your moment, a mountaintop experience. Um, but Peter, you came down to earth with a bump, didn't you? Because straight after that, Jesus started to tell you that he was going to go to a cross and die. And you said, no, Jesus, this will never happen to you. And Jesus said to you, Peter, Peter, Satan, get behind me. Because what you were suggesting, Peter, was your idea. It wasn't what Jesus was going to do. You hadn't understood exactly what was going to happen to Jesus. So Jesus told you off. That must have been a pretty low moment for you. Then, Peter, do you remember this one? At that supper with Jesus, in the, in the upper room, just before he went to the cross, he wanted to wash your feet. And you said, no, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. That's the job of a servant. But, of course, Jesus is a servant. He wanted you, Peter, to learn to be a servant as well. So there's you having your feet washed by Jesus. And then being told to go and help serve other people by washing their feet. Now, Peter, I don't think you want us to remember this part of your life, do you? Do you remember, after that, Jesus was arrested? And do you remember, Peter, you were in a, outside the palace, in the courtyard. Jesus was inside, being interrogated, and you were outside, and that girl said to you, you're one of Jesus' followers. And you said, no. No, 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 I don't know him. And do you remember, Peter, three times you said, I don't know him. And do you remember, Peter, the worst moment was when the cock crowed at dawn. And you remembered that Jesus told you that three times you would deny him. And you did. How did you feel, Peter? That must have been the lowest moment in your life. And you went away and you wept bitterly. So let's just be quiet for a few moments. Remember, this is the story of Peter, but I guess all of us have had those moments when we've failed, when we've done something wrong, when we've let Jesus down. Um, We've said something which we regret. Let's just be quiet for a moment and bring those to God and say that we're sorry. We can do that quietly in our own hearts. And let's just remember the words that Jesus spoke when he was hanging on the cross, looking down at the people who were crucifying him, crucifying him, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. So thank you, Father, that you forgive us. All of our failures, the times we've let you down, the times when we've been showing off, times when we've spoken behind people's back, the things that we've done wrong. Thank you, Father, that you forgive us all of those things and you still love us. Amen.
Peter, that wasn't the end of the story, was it? When we look back in your life, Peter, after the lowest point in your life, do you remember this? Early on the Sunday morning, you went down to the tomb to see Jesus' body. And the women got there first, and they came to call you and said, Peter, come and look, the tomb is empty. Do you remember that? Uh, Let's, uh, let's read that story, because I think that's such an important part of the story. Let's read John chapter 21 to 9. Have we got a volunteer to come and read that? Yes, Josh, you're very welcome. Come on then, Josh. I'll find it here for you. They're both, both whichever one you'd like, yep. Any further? Okay. I'm going to put your Bible on there. Right, so we're going to read uh, 21 to uh, 1 to 9. Okay. Yeah. Early Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that tran- tran- that found the stone yeah. oh, the stone had been rolled away from the entrance she ran and found Simon Peter Simon Peter and loved the, the other disciple I'm skipping. Yeah, the other disciple. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? The other disciple, the one, the woman Jesus loved, she said they... They've taken... They have taken the Lord's body out of a tomb, and I don't know where they have put him. Peter... And the other disciple ran to the tomb to see. The other disciple ran Peter and got there first. He stopped and looked in and saw the lion cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the line wrappings wrappings lying there, while the cloth and that had covered Jesus' head, Jesus's head was folded up and lying. To the side. Then the other disciple also went in, and he saw and believed for until then they hadn't realized that the scriptures said he would rise from the dead. Then they went home. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you. Well done. Do you know, they should ban hyphenation. 
Yeah, when a word is split across, it makes it difficult, doesn't it? We take it for granted, but, uh, yeah, and you hadn't even had a chance to practice that, so well done, Josh. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Okay, but do you remember, you see in that story, Peter, uh, who, who was the fastest runner? The other disciple, John, yeah, he was obviously younger than Peter. He could run faster, but who was the first one to go into the tomb? Peter, Peter was always the first one, wasn't he, to put his foot in. Uh, so he went in first, and what did he see? Yeah, he saw the cloths lying there, and no body. There was no body there, okay? Uh, and that was the beginning of the good news. But actually, in that story, we don't hear about Peter meeting Jesus, but in the next one, Peter, do you remember this? By the Sea of Galilee. You were fishing, as normal, and you'd caught nothing. And then, just like on that first day when you met Jesus, a stranger stood on the shore and said, Have you caught anything? And we said, No. Throw your net out to the right side of the boat, he said, and see what you catch. And you pulled in so many fish that you remembered exactly how many there were. Can anyone else remember? Can you remember, Peter, how many there were? 153 fish. Wow, that's an amazing catch, isn't it? Of all different types, all came into your boat. And uh, when you saw that amazing catch, you realised who the stranger was, Peter. It was Jesus, and he was alive. And you jumped into the water and you swam to the shore, and there he was, and he's cooked breakfast for you. He cooked breakfast and, uh, and you ate breakfast, and then Jesus sat down and had a bit of a private talk with you. <clears throat> but then he had a talk with you in front of everybody else. And just as you denied him three times, Peter, he asks you three times, do you love me? And you said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. That must have been a wonderful day for you, Peter, after you thought that you'd the blackest of ends, that you'd, you'd completely failed, that actually Jesus restored you back to where uh, he wanted you to be. Was that a great day in your life? <clears throat> now, let's go on in your life, Peter. That wasn't the end of your life, meeting the risen Jesus, but actually, uh, beyond there, another opportunity came, because on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out and you, rather than being somebody who'd run away and hid uh, because you were so afraid, you got up on that day and you preached to a massive crowd. And not only that, Peter, but 3,000 people believed the message that you preached on that day. Wasn't that amazing? And that wasn't you, Peter, that was God working through you by the Holy Spirit. That must have been an incredible day and the start of an even more amazing journey that, uh, that took you some places you wanted to go and some places you didn't want to go. And do you remember, Peter, that after that day and the church all got together, one morning you were walking to the temple. You were going to pray in the temple. And as you came along, you met a man who was lame from birth. And as he laid there asking for money, he asked you uh, and you helped him. You gave him something different. In fact, let's, let's read that story, shall we? Let's read um, Acts chapter 3. Who would like to read Acts chapter 3? Um, Acts chapter 3, uh, 1 to 10. 
Dilla, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you read, read out loud, yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah. Shout out loud, you'll be fine, yeah. Acts 3, 1 to 10. Thank you. Yes. So Peter, not only were you able to preach like Jesus, but you were able to do the miracles and go out and do all the things that Jesus did. And actually, all of us, when Jesus sends us out, we're also given the power to do the things that Jesus did. I mean, it may not be exactly the same as Peter, but whatever it is we're called to do in the power of the Spirit, that's what we're called to do. Please sit down and uh, let's come towards the end of the story that we know of Peter. There, Peter doing things that Jesus did. But do you know, um, Peter, there were big challenges to follow. It wasn't all as wonderful as that miracle that you did just then. Do you remember after that miracle, the, the leaders came and started asking you questions. And do you remember, Peter, they, they put you in prison. Do you remember that? But that night, when you and the other apostles were in prison for doing that, uh, do you remember the angel came? And in the middle of the night, your chains fell off. And the next morning, when the guards came to look for you, you weren't there. And when the officials started to try to find you, to find out where, where you were, they were told they're back in the temple, preaching about Jesus again. Do you remember that, Peter? Not even the chains of iron could keep you down and not even the threats and the punishment was enough to stop you preaching the gospel. You carried on preaching the gospel. And there we go, the great escape. Um, but you know, that was the first of many challenges that you had, Peter. Uh, on some cases you were whipped, on some cases you were jeered, and you had all sorts of difficulties. Um, but God used you through all of them. And then finally, uh, you had that. Ex the Roman soldiers came to see you that day. Do you remember that? The Roman centurion wanted to see you because he wanted to find out about Jesus. And you were not sure because he was a Roman and you were a Jew. And you weren't sure if it was okay for you to tell the Romans the story about Jesus. And then one day, as you were up on the top of the roof of your house, you had that vision. And in that vision, there was a great big sheet, and it was let down, and it was full of all different animals. And uh, God said to you, all of these animals are okay for you, Peter. That means that you can take the gospel to everybody, every kind of person, in every country. It's not just for one group of people. And that was the beginning of a huge spreading out of the gospel, Peter, in which you had a great part. Now, we don't know too much else, Peter, about what happened to you after that, but uh, you were faithful in preaching the gospel to the whole world, and that's why we're here today. So, um, it's all it's good. Well done, Peter. <laughs> well, if it weren't for Peter and those other disciples who were faithful, we wouldn't know about the gospel. And if, it's, if, it's, if, if we are not faithful, then the next generation won't know about the good news of Peter either. So there are plenty of challenges to learn from this story uh, of Peter. Uh, I just want to say very briefly then, why Peter is my hero? Why did I choose Peter? Well, first of all, because he's human. 
I can identify with Peter. He is a real man. He makes a mess of things. Uh, he's honest. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he's got all those human failings, uh, which I have as well. Uh, he's passionate. It was always Peter who was the first one to jump in and, and do things. He had passion for what he believed, even if sometimes he got it completely wrong. He's a bit like me. He was impetuous. Now, that's a big word, but it means he, he, he sometimes did things before his brain was in gear. You know, uh, and as I often say, Peter was a man with a size 12 mouth. Okay? His mouth was so big, he would, uh, he, he, he would say things and do things before he'd really thought them out. And I'm a bit like that as well. But, you know, God can use those kind of people. Some people are very careful people. They think things out very carefully before they do them. And God can use you. But he can use Peter, so he can use me. And then the last thing is that Peter was a broken man, wasn't he? Peter had really, really messed up. And everybody who's read this book over the last 2,000 years knows that Peter denied Jesus. What a terrible thing to have written about you. But actually, uh, we've all denied Jesus, we've all let him down, but there hasn't been a book written about most of us. But I identify with Peter because I've failed and, and I've let Jesus down and I've denied him sometimes and I come back to him and he has forgiven me as he, as he forgave Peter. And Peter was not only a broken man, but he was a restored man. And sometimes the best uh, people are the people who have been through really hard times and have come through and God has put them back together again. It's a bit like uh, we made a number of mosaics in our church in Bristol. A mosaic is lovely because you take lots of broken pieces and you put them together and it makes something really beautiful out of all the broken pieces. And that is what happened to Peter. And after that he became a servant and he, he went out preaching the gospel and finally we believe, it's not in the Bible, but it is recorded in other historical documents, I believe, that Peter was crucified like Jesus, only upside down, I believe. So Peter paid the ultimate price for following Jesus, but what he achieved in his life uh, was, was wonderful. Uh, and he's a, he's a vision for us. We can be like Peter, because he was a real person, uh, and God can use real, real people. And um, finally, he was somebody who trusted Jesus. He trusted him. Even if he got it wrong, he kept trusting. And uh, so we're just going to be quiet for a few moments. Maybe we can think about our lives, things in our lives that uh, we want God to touch. Maybe we think about times when we've let him down. We've done that already. But what challenge is God putting on us today? Maybe he's calling someone to step out and do something different. Um, I will say that we, we did think, uh, we've been considering whether we should do an, an Alpha course in September. And um, so far I've had a, a couple of people say they're help, willing to help with meals, but that's actually not enough. Um, we need to, if we're going to run a course, we need to have people who are willing to, to come and help and, and also to, to invite people, because there's no point in running the course if there's no one to invite. So that's something that maybe God is, is challenging. Who could you invite? Uh, to an Alpha course in September. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Peter and his life and his example that is recorded for us in the Bible.
We thank you for his faith, for his enthusiasm. Thank you that even when he got things wrong, he was willing to start again and that you still loved him. And thank you, Lord, that you do the same for us. And although we're not fishermen, we are different people. And you call us too, Lord, to do work for you. So show us in our minds, in our hearts, what you are calling us to do. And we pray, Father, that we will do it in your strength. And even if we make a mess of it, Lord, help us to get up again and try again.